I'm Jeannie. I'm Rachel. And I'm Nikki from Tyrion's Landing. A podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready because geekiness begins in... Three, two, one... Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 312 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. We are just starting the show, and we already have the title. Episode 312 is called Suncast Pool. If you missed it <laughs> during the pre-show, Suncast is like, hey, I saw Deadpool 2 last night. I said, oh, so you enjoyed Suncast 2 then, Deadpool, or something to that effect. So a show and title was born. And then Chris's brain broke. <laughs> to be fair, Chris's brain also broke because everything I used to stream things just went to shit. Not five minutes before we started the show today. This is, Chris is going to bitch and moan about his computer and his streaming setup right now. It's going to be a new segment <laughs> because it's inevitably going to happen all the goddamn time now. So I was like, oh, we're going to do something new. This shouldn't impact anything. We're going to use the Twitch low latency feature. And I was like, that'll be great. We'll have within five less than five seconds lag between our chat room. Shouldn't be a problem. Well, no, that's not the problem. I go and change everything in the OBS encoder to point to Twitch instead of restream.io. And then I go and pull up my little stream deck box, which if those of you aren't familiar, it's the little box that sits in front of me when I stream. And uh, if you're on video, you can see me holding it up right now. It's got lots of lit up buttons, and it's how I control changing the scenes, turning off and on the audio, things like that. Yet none of my buttons worked as I was testing things in pre-show, so I couldn't turn on the News of the Week but logos. I couldn't transition into new scenes. All I could do was start the stream and hit record. That was the only thing that was working. So I cussed like a sailor and tried to get it working in about five minutes, and there's a reason we started the show 15 minutes late today. Because I didn't get it working until... Like 10 minutes past when we were supposed to start. Guys, technology's making me angry. So it's a normal Sunday. Yeah, it's a normal Sunday. <laughs> this is just what we normally do. This is just, yeah. I mean, hey, stuff. the new update's pretty. I mean, I've got animated GIFs for buttons now. That's kind of awesome. I think. Maybe. I think it sounds cool. I, I would show you guys. Oh, and I just hit my mic as I do this. I'm on top <laughs> of the ball. I would show you guys, but I cannot get my friggin' webcam to focus on it because it's too bright and I'm lazy and don't want to figure out how to do it. <laughs> Customer service from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Hey, it's Sunday. We can't even bother to put pants on. We're not what, dealing with customer what are, service. What are pants? Those are the things you have to wear the rest of the week. Yeah, I need a job where I can get away with wearing shorts all day. Well, if only. Man, that's the dream. Could you imagine going to work? And you're like, I better put my work pants on. And they're a pair of, like, mesh shorts. They're just comfortable. And you can be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dream. I didn't even have that at the comic book store. Yeah. The Brian Cranston cult, no pants. I like that idea, Sailor Poland. There you go. I like that idea a lot. I mean, pants should be outlawed. So if you're watching the show live, you're probably looking at your screen and going like, wait, wait, there's only two people here. I normally expect three or four. Well, don't forget, last week, Naki did announce she's going on a summer break because she's got some life stuff she needs to take care of. She'll be back around September sometime, and we'll start a countdown as we get closer to September. Willie has no voice. So we're like, well, Willie, he's like, I'll come on the show, and we can make a bit out of me having no voice. And we're like, just, just heal up, man. There's no reason to come on the show and just make wild gestures that 
probably 90% yep. of our audience wouldn't be able to see because they listen to audio only. <laughs> well, Willie's been playing with them dirty girls and caught himself some of the plague. Well, I mean, he could have been just playing in an arcade and touched something that was plague-ridden because people are terrible. Or it could be allergies, in all honesty, because I don't know about you, it's Ugh. just pollen central. My car is yellow right now, and my car is normally, what is it, ice silver is what the technical color of it, of it is? It's, it's yeah. yellow. The end of last week and the start of this week, we had a ton of uh, rainstorms and stuff tearing through Idaho, and yeah, just knocked all the crap out of all the trees, and yeah, my car got covered in pollen and tree sap for like three days literally went what cleaned my car off on friday when i went to go pick up comics and then the next day like it was covered again it's like motherfucker that is causing headaches and allergic reactions all week it's been shitty ain't that the truth oh well what can you do stay inside yeah (laughs) which is what i try to do as much as possible but damn, my movie pass keeps making me want to go see movies. <laughs> so you like it then? You're oh, a recent yeah. convert to movie pass. I get, and how do you like it? I love it. Yeah, now that they uh, they went back to the the not unlimited, but uh, almost unlimited, a movie a day for ten dollars a month. Uh, the one that they had before that they got rid of, and people complained, so the CEO brought it back. They brought that back, and so yeah, since then. I've I've only used it twice just because I you know Infinity War and Deadpool were movies I was pre getting tickets to on Fandango at the giant theater on one side of town and so I'm using Movie Pass to go see um, movies that I missed over at the other theater that's on the opposite side of town for me that Edwards doesn't have a signed seating so I'm much happier going there and buying a, a ticket for a movie right as it's happening then go into a place where you have the assigned seating. So if it's assigned seating, I like to get my seat like way ahead of time. So I have a good seat, but yeah, yeah our Edwards. Well, Chris, I was gonna say the only problem with movie pass is there's only a few theaters they work with for doing like online ticketing. In most cases you have to do it in yeah. person at the gate. Yeah. And so, yeah, but for using it that way and knowing that now, cause while I was at Deadpool on Friday, I checked, I opened up my movie pass app to check and see what showings at the village I could check into and the VIP ones were blocked out. And so that tells me that the VIP isn't covered. So I could go to a regular showing at the village downstairs. It would just be assigned seating. So then if I just don't want to worry about assigned seating, I just go to the Edwards, which luckily for me, my condo is also almost in between two movie theaters, like two miles, one way is the Edwards, two miles. The other way is the village. So I've got huge theaters on both sides of me. It just depends which way I want to drive. And yeah, because the village is a lot newer and nicer, the Edwards Theater is usually empty. So I almost got a private screening of Rampage. One couple showed up as the trailers were starting. But yeah, it was three That's of us. That's because the they theater. were hoping no one else would be there so they could bang in the theater and knock one off their bucket list. Could be. I mean, it is a, it is a movie with a rock in it. And you we know ruined, he gets every. You ruined their in theater nookie having. No, 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 no. I was there first. They ruined my <laughs> private screening of Rampage. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, talking about Movie Pass for a second, guys. We we talked about on the show before their financial future is cloudy, blah 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 blah. But really, just be like Bachman and I and ride the wave. And in all honesty, if it's something you've been considering, I'm going to bring this up. I don't get anything out of this, but there's a referral program in the app. Evidently, I can invite three friends to try it, and they get the first month for free. So if it's something you guys are wanting, I think both Anthony and I, since we have Movie Pass now, have the ability yep. in the app to provide referrals. 
So just hit one of us up. All we really need is uh, an email address for it to send an invite to. And it should give you a month for free when you sign up. And I think the current plan they're doing is $9.99 a month for unlimited movies, but you can only see the same movie once. So if that's something you guys would want, we're happy to hook up some listeners of ATG and give you guys a chance to try it for one month. Like I, like I said, I've been using it since October, I think, something like that. Oh, yeah. Whenever they announced it, I put my order in, and it took like six weeks for my card to come in the mail. But That's it, and they've sped that up. Mine took about eight days. I think it was eight days after I ordered it I got it. I think I ordered it on a Monday, and it came in the next Tuesday. Yeah. And yeah, for referrals, it's literally first name, last name, email address. Yeah, you had the advantage, though, of having waited a few months since they went to the all-you-can-eat model, whereas I got in yeah. when everyone else was like, fuck yeah, unlimited movies, and destroyed their website with it. So <laughs> if it's something you guys want, just hit us up on our Twitter accounts or hit up the ATG and Podcast Twitter account. We'll get in touch with you guys and make sure you can get your invites to try it out. The only other hiccup I've really run into it is uh, the one theater I go to, I don't go to our car mic locally because it's trash. They haven't updated it at all. It smelled like sewage since I was in college here to this day. The bathrooms oh. are disgusting. In fact, I gave it a one-star rating on Google Maps, and it's like my highest-reviewed rating on Google Maps. And people giving me like wow. thumbs up and stuff like that because I was just totally savage and kind of an asshole about it. Thank you, Internet Anonymity, even though my name's attached to it. But regardless, the Regal Cinemas here is weird. Uh, my fiancé and I both have MoviePass, so we both have to use them separately, and they have a rewards program there. And I gave her the rewards card first, and she looked at me and went, well, you guys are going together. She goes, I'm not allowed to scan your card for two different transactions. I was like, what? She goes, yeah, they won't let us do that for MoviePass stuff because you still get points on your rewards cards, even for using MoviePass. Yeah. Because it's just basically a credit card transaction to them. So like, yeah, we can't do that. I was like, that's incredibly strange. So I didn't argue about it. I was like, whatever. Here's the pro tip for you guys. A lot of movie theaters, I know the Regal ones do, if you don't use your royalty loyalty card, rather, at the top of the ticket stub is like a 25-digit code that you can go in the app yep. and redeem. So all I did was sit in the sit in the row at a theater, redeem the code, and then throw my, tub, my stub away. Yeah, because they added the ability to use your ticket stub afterwards to get your rewards. Or also, one of you could check in at the window while the other one waits, and then the second person could check in and get their ticket at the kiosk. Well, and they have a self-check-in one inside, but it seemed like lately, and this is me just complaining, that about every third time we try and use it, it's out of paper, and it's like, go to the front desk to get your ticket. I'm like, really? You should Oh, wow. Me. Yeah, at the village, they have two large touchscreen ones, which are nice because you go in and punch in your Fandango code, and it spits your tickets out so you don't have to wait in line. But that one, every once in a while, one of them's broke. I've never seen either one of them out of paper. And at by Edwards, they have four of the much smaller kiosks that look like old ATM machines. But usually, at least three of those are working. Yeah, so yeah like the first time I went to Movie Pass at the Edwards, I literally just walked into the kiosk. I didn't talk to anybody. I slid my card, got a printed up a regular ticket. There was no way for them to even tell it was a Movie Pass ticket. No, yeah, I mean they don't know. They just swipe the card and well, the card says movie pass on it that's about the all second time i wanted to try the i checked in with the person at the window just to see if it was any different and they actually have a red stamp there that they stamp both sides of the ticket with an mp huh. so they're tra edwards is tracking movie pass if you go in at least at mine if you go and buy the ticket through the the actual concession the the not the concession stands but the ticketing stands interesting so i think they're trying to see how many people are using it yeah so for mine regal cinemas Here's an idea of how many movies I go to. You can see I have 107,000 lifetime credits earned. But if you <laughs> scroll down a little bit, there's a little button there that's add credits from receipts. So you guys probably have something similar. You hit that, and then you just put in your code, and nice. you're good to go. I don't have the app for that on my phone. I just use the, the website. 
But yeah, and also um if you're if you're interested in Movie Pass, you can go on their website, punch in your zip code and check. And I was shocked because we have three different second run theaters here in Boise. Two of them that are it's weird are right on Overland Road across almost across from each other, like a block apart. And like one of them runs midnight movies, and then we have another one that's across town, and all three of those second run theaters are on Movie Pass. So I can go to the second run theaters for stuff that I like really missed that came out two months ago. Oh, that's nice. And I, yeah. I went on their website right now. Again, we promise you guys, Movie Pass isn't paying anything. It's just a service we like, <laughs> so we're sharing it with you guys. They actually have two plans going right now: the nine ninety five a month that Bachman and I both have, and they have another one that's a limited offer that is seven ninety five a month. If you don't go to as many movies but still want to save money, it's three movies a month plus you get a three free month trial, three month trial of iHeartRadio All Access. Um. I'd pay the two extra bucks a month to be able to go to more movies personally, but Unless in all you honesty, really want to try our radio and <laughs> in all honesty though, I really only go to two to three movies a month right now. If there's stuff I care about. So if I cared, I'd go to the seven ninety five a month model, but I don't want to lose the unlimited offer. I'm scared guys. I'm scared. Yeah. Cause I mean, they, they have to do something eventually to change their business model. Cause all they're doing now is bleeding money, but from what we've seen, a lot of companies, great business models usually seem to start with bleeding money until they get a cut of something. So if MoviePass can eventually get a cut of the concessions that they're helping these theaters sell, it might start making some money. So it's interesting right now because I've been listening, I've been paying attention to this because I was an early subscriber. There's another podcast I listen to called Cord Killers. It's all about like cord cutting, but they also talk about MoviePass in there. And there's a couple other MoviePass competitors out there. There's like Cinema, which is spelled S-I-N-E-M-A, I think, or something to that effect. And yeah. they do three movies a month for seven ninety five and something else. So it's interesting. There's there's other options out there, which is intriguing nonetheless. Yeah, I read the Forbes article on Movie Pass when they were after all the complaints when they had changed the business model and took away the unlimited right before the CEO brought it back. I read that article and yeah, that was really informative because and it talked about the other services that are trying to do the same thing. But yeah, it's funny because yeah, right now none of them have any deals with the major theaters. And so they're just, they're all bleeding money, but you know, one of them, it's like anything else. There might be six companies doing the same thing. One of them is going to get popular and well, honestly, movie passes a better name than cinema. <laughs> yeah, well, but cinema, it's all about going. Cinema is another t- word for theater. They just have their weird spelling play on it. It's like startup yeah. spelling be kind of crap. But Suncast and Chartman's brought up a good point, too. He goes, most theaters are 30 minutes away from me, so he just buys online. But they don't really check the stub anymore. And I found that to be true in one of my two local theaters where they don't really check. Yeah, that that's how I saw movies when I was a kid during summers. You buy the ticket for because we used to have like ten thirty, nine thirty showings at our Cineplex Odeon in Nampa, and you'd go buy a ticket to the first showing, and then I would watch like four movies before we left. Like I'd bring a backpack and a hat and another shirt, and I'd just go into the bathroom and change clothes in between showings. See, if you really wanted to, <laughs> at the one theater I really like, the way it's laid out is you pretty much walk into a hallway. And let's say this is the hallway. There's movies all up and down this hallway. You walk in here. The bathroom is right here, but there's a, a hallway that connects the bathroom to both sides of it. So you could just sneak through the bathroom to go to a theater on the other side if you want, and they would never see you. I mean, I'm sure there's people that do it. They just built a bunch huh. of apartments for students, like literally a two-minute walk behind this theater. So I'm sure when school's in session and kids are bored, they go buy a ticket and then go see a bunch of movies all day just by traversing the bathroom. 
Yeah, it'd, it'd be easy to do it. Our Edwards 21, 21. I think that, yeah, it's 21 screens because it's a big H building. So you come in and everything's the concession stands, everything splits left and right. And then at the end of those left and right is two big aisles going each way. And so there's six screens at the end of each of those. So yeah, you can go down to the end of one side of the building and not even see a person that's working. I bet you could go between three to four movies and not even see anybody. Not that we're suggesting you guys do that, <laughs> but just get a movie pass. Go see another movie. Go see a movie every day. I mean, you've had yours what, like a week, Anthony? And how many movies have you gone to now? Well, I've, I've got yeah, I've, I've used it twice already. In between paying for Deadpool and Infinity War twice, so <laughs> yeah, I've seen five movies in the in the two weeks I've had my movie pass, and I've used my movie pass twice already. And yeah, I'm, I'm planning on going again as soon as I'm done with my MCU rewatch. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna use my movie pass to go see Black Panther and uh, Infinity War again. Well, and the nice thing is, most of the time you can use them when do like those Fathom event one night only things. Like when like we're gonna do a screening of Doctor Who on the big screen and things like that. Most of the time they do put that in the app. But if you didn't notice, you can scroll to the bottom of the app and there's an option in your theater to say the movie I want to see isn't listed here and it's just a generic check in. So you could always nice. generic check in now. Bear in mind, guys, if you do that and you're going to go re-see something you have before, there are sometimes instances where it will ask you to take a picture of your movie stub, of your ticket stub, rather, and send it to them. So they will catch you for violating the terms of service, potentially. So <laughs> don't try and cheat it that way, because they'll yank your account. That's it. And I do like the fact that they block out the screens of movies I've already seen, because I was worried about that if I, like... If I saw a bunch and then just literally forgot that I'd seen something already and go to see it again, I like the fact that like the second time I used the app, I pulled it up and all the showings of a quiet place were blocked out and it literally says in text, "You've seen this film." Yeah, it's like cool. I'll, I'll never make that mistake. And yeah, I didn't think about the Fathom events because I think they're doing a Sunset Boulevard, yep. which I've never seen that, and that would be kind of cool to see on the big screen for the first time. We went and saw like the actual the room, not the James Franco. Uh, mockumentary version of it or whatnot we saw the room as a fathom event with our movie pass a few months back is it it's awful right it's awful it's like but it's, it's hilarious it's yeah, so yeah. bad it's hilarious mm -hmm. if that makes sense i don't know regardless guys we've talked about movie pass <laughs> for like 10 minutes now we're both satisfied customers is what it comes down to if if you're looking to us for recommendations on services to try they haven't treated me bad at this point in time other than getting the card initially sucked because everyone was doing it. Other than that, I've only ever had yeah. one issue with the app where it wouldn't let me check in at the theater. And I complained on Twitter and they didn't get back to me for like two days. That's been my only issue. That's not bad. Yeah. I haven't had a problem with it yet. And yeah, like Chris said, they're not paying us, but if they want to sponsor the podcast, we will happily talk about movie pass <laughs> every goddamn week. Well, there you go. So on that note, let's stop, <laughs> let's stop shilling things that we're not paid to shill and let's roll in to the news of the week. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. So welcome to the news of the week. It's that part of the show where we run down what's the most interesting, at least in our minds, geeky or nerdy news to have cropped up. So there's only two of us. We do have some interesting stories. We'll probably talk <laughs> about some other stuff after news of the week. But uh, I'll go with my piece first and we'll let Anthony go second since he's going to be reviewing something. Mine is some cool new tech. And I don't know if you guys had noticed, but earlier this week, Microsoft released the Xbox Adaptive Controller. Have you heard about this, Anthony? I have. Yeah, I saw pictures of it. It looked pretty cool. So what this is, this is an actual Microsoft branded first party controller 
that's designed to allow people with various disabilities to be able to game on Xbox or Windows PCs. And if you're not aware, there's a lot of kludgy different hacked together controllers that have been made custom for folks that might have, say, motor problems in a hand or nerve damage in a hand where they can't use their fingers properly or they're paralyzed and are using, say, uh, the, the tongue controls and things like that to control things. So what Microsoft has done over a span of years here and with collaborating with the different disability communities that have helped build these controllers is build an officially branded first party accessibility controller that's out there. And what's really cool is since it's branded by Microsoft, it's wireless, it works directly with Windows 10 games. So any game, like even Steam games, this shows up as an Xbox controller. So if you wanted to play an old Saints Row game that you bought off of Steam that works with a regular Xbox controller, you just link this to your PC, it works normally. And the real cool thing is if you look at the back side of it, it has 19 3.5mm jacks on the back where you can plug in different buttons that map to your A, B, X, Y, bumpers and all of that. So a lot of folks who may have different disabilities have already bought some of these different buttons and triggers, be it like a foot trigger or enlarged buttons that they can plug into other systems. You can plug them directly into this Microsoft Xbox adaptive controller, reuse the sensors you have, and use it to play Xbox games. It's it's really cool. Uh, if you're in the chat room right now, I'll post a link to the article that has some cool pictures of it. It, it kind of came out of nowhere. It leaked, and then Microsoft put out the information on it, and the video they have, it, it's... It brings a tear to some people's eyes because they start showing people like, I, I used to love gaming, I couldn't really do it anymore, and, and now I can again. And they start showing the different setups they have with how they've hooked these controllers up. And it's incredibly cool. And it's also really cool to see that folks that couldn't game because of their disabilities now have an opportunity to do so again. And one of the things I thought was the most interesting that came out of this is Ars Technica had a big write-up on this. The Verge did. Lots of different tech blogs. I think it was in the Ars Technica write-up. They were talking to Phil Spencer, who's the head of the Xbox division. And he said, yeah, if anyone wants to come in and learn from the different labs we put together to build this controller and build something else like this, come on in. It doesn't have to be Xbox brand. It doesn't have to be Xbox exclusive. Everyone should have a chance to game. They're not going to lock down the lessons they've learned to just Xbox stuff. They're opening the door to say, hey, you can come, learn from what we've done, build other controllers like this so that other people have the opportunity to use them. I don't see this being something that's going to be a huge money mover for Microsoft, but at the same time, it's really cool tech and it's a really cool way to reopen the door for some people who haven't been able to to game in, in a long time or game in an easy, accessible way. makes it far yeah, more accessible. Say yeah, I wouldn't say wouldn't be able to. Um, me and my buddy Maya, uh, in our last place that we lived together, we had a bunch of just college parties while we were going to college. And a friend of friend of his that I got to know, but he knew much better, uh, Jake, was born without uh, fully formed arms and legs. So this was a kid who rolled around in a wheelchair because he had basically, like, uh, his arms ended above the elbow, or one of them slightly below the elbow, and both of his legs didn't make it to the knee. So, like, his, his body just stopped developing as he was growing. And so, you know, he rolled around in a wheelchair, but, like, he could move around, but he didn't have any fingers or toes. And he could kick the shit out of us on a lot of Wii games because he would hang the nunchuck over his neck and actually use just his arms pressing against the buttons against his body. And he was great at it. Like, damn dude could kick our asses at fighting games. And it didn't have fingers. Like, it, it was impressive because, yeah, just... Some some people they they don't look at 
things like that as a limitation. And for Jake, that was the way he was born. So that's just the way he'd always been. And yeah, like something like this would just be awesome for him because he would be even better at kicking people's ass at games. Yeah. And this would be probably something he'd be interested in because you can pretty much create your own setup every time you go and play things. And if you aren't aware, as someone who has an Xbox, they've already put an app out there for all their controllers, meaning you can remap the buttons on it. So if you want to move your A button to being the B button and vice versa, you can do things like that. It'll also work with this adaptive control they've put out there where you can remap your bumpers to a different thing if you wanted to. So really, this is very, very customizable and works with a lot of standard tools that are used out there for accessibility services. It, it's really, it's, I wasn't expecting to see anything like this come out. And then I started reading, I was like, oh, the tech is really cool. But the really fascinating thing is the stories they tell of the people they were testing it with. They're like, here's why I like this tool. Here's why it works for me. And you're like, holy crap, this is really cool. Well, it makes it like everybody should be able to play video games. Like it should be the type of thing where everybody has access to it. There's no reason someone shouldn't be able to do it just because of a physical limitation. I completely agree. And if you guys get the chance, it's in our show notes. We also put it in the chat room. Read the story that Microsoft published on this. It's actually a really long story with different interviews from people who have been using this and on the design practice of design theory of this controller. It's super intriguing for both a tech standpoint and a human feel-good story. I kind of want to get one of these controllers just to try it and hook it up into other different things. <laughs> that, that's the other thing that has me th- thinking is going, hmm, I wonder what hackers are going to do, and, and not necessarily bad hackers, but folks that want to use Xbox controllers for other purposes in their house. Imagine what you could do with things like this if you could customize the switches based off of different things that plug into the 3.5mm jack. It'd be interesting. Well, that and yeah, but if it has that many different plugins, the different like combinations of setups and stuff you could do must be amazing. Yep. Every button on the Xbox controller has a three and a half millimeter jack button on the back of this thing. And on the left and right side is USB ports for you to plug in joysticks to replace the, uh, the thumbsticks on a controller if you wanted to. Nice. It, it's really cool. And in the demo they're showing on there, they have basically what is a usb version of the Wii nunchuck or whatever that's plugged in to be used as one of the thumbstick controllers so it seems like there's all sorts of different peripherals that can be plugged into it it's going to be really interesting to see as this goes on sale i want to say in june was the release date i don't 100 percent remember it'll be really interesting to see all the different setups that get shared with this controller Yeah, feel-good stories. We don't get those that often. Yeah, it's a feel-good story coming from a tech giant that is notorious in the past for being, what's the best way to put it, money hungry? Very money hungry? Stingy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a different Microsoft we have nowadays. And, hey, if you want to be cynical, sure, they did it for a lot of positive press. But they're doing the right things. Like I said, Phil Spencer saying they'd open the doors to anyone to come and learn the lessons they learned. That's awesome. But that's my news story. Hopefully it brings a smile to folks' faces. The article is in our show notes. You can go to bit.ly slash ATGN312. Do a far better job of painting a picture of what this controller does than I do. So go check that out for yourself. It'll put a smile on your face. If it puts a smile on my face and I'm a cynical, angry internet nerd, (laughs) it'll put a smile on your face. So, Anthony, what do you got for us? We're talking comics, right? We are. Um, I was perusing Twitter, as I'm, I'm known to do, the other day, and I saw someone had retweeted a uh, writer was asking people to review his comic. And a lot of people, you know, when they're first putting out their, their first book or two or five or ten, sometimes they'll just send people review comics and just ask for a review. 
So I saw this one. It sounded like a cool idea. So I sent him back a text saying, hey, cool. Uh, send me a copy. We'll talk about it on the podcast. And so uh, from Sewill Comics in Australia, I read Cul-de-Sac, an original Australian horror story. This is a very cool comic. It's about uh, roughly 70 some odd pages. Um, the, let's see. The writer's name is Andrew Shaw. He's on Twitter at Andrew underscore Shaw 23. And the artist is Will Playden, P-L-E-Y-D-O-N. I couldn't find Will's Twitter if he has one. And then um, we have their uh, Etsy shop is where the comic is available right now. They haven't got it into Comixology yet. But it, it's set up like an, it's just one writer, one artist, but it's done like an anthology where it's a bunch of small short stories, like three to five pages each. And it's really great. It's the idea being like, you know, a quiet neighborhood in this Australian suburb where you don't really know where anything is. It's just standardized looking houses, normal looking people and the weird shit that happens behind their closed blinds or in their basements or in their backyards that other people can't see. And like some of the stories, at least one or two of them, there's no word balloons at all. They're completely silent and there makes it even creepier. But my most favorite part about why it's super creepy is it looks like a children's book. And so I'm going through the artwork and I'm trying to figure out like, this looks like a kid's book, but it's horror and like blood and guts. And like, it's very much adult, but it has that look of a children's book. And so I sent a tweet back to um, Andrew asking him uh, how the artwork was done. And he said, Will spent three years painting each panel in gouache. So it's a gouache painted comic book. And so, yeah, it's gorgeous. It looks like, like when you think back to the old school children's books, it has that look to it and that feel to it and it makes it so much creepier because it's a horror comic and people are getting killed and gutted and eaten and yeah the the confluence of that type of story being told in that medium is just awesome so yeah i loved it it was a great comic it was really fun um they have a couple still on their etsy shop and like i said they're looking at getting it into um they're looking to get it into comiXology so i mean yeah definitely if, if you want if you enjoy a good horror comic go check it out it's so will comics on etsy S-H-A-W-I-L-L. And it's a little guy wearing an Aussie hat with a thumbs up seal. It's it's pretty easy to recognize. And the only item they have on there so far is cul-de-sac. It says, what goes around comes around. Yeah, Australian horror, super fun, super creepy. Yeah, just, I couldn't believe the fact that it's a painted comic. It took the dude three years to do it. And just, it's so creepy. That sounds gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you guys want to find it, I just dropped the link in the chat room. If you're listening to the audio or the video after the fact, head on over to our show notes. I'll plug it again, bit.ly slash ATGN312. All caps for ATGN since uh, bit, bit.ly is uh, case sensitive. And because we're all caps like that. I mean, it's a proper shortening of the title of <laughs> all things good and nerdy. All them things. All them things. They'd be good. They'd be nerdy that they be you can catch them here yeah i'm gonna have to go check that out uh i, I looked at the link in the pre-show i was like man this is gorgeous yeah it's have. at first i started looking at it like the first story is silent and so like the first four pages is no word balloons no nothing and you're just watching these characters move panel to panel and it's so weird just because it, it has that look of a children's book and then when people start dying it's like oh this is gruesome like oh th- this makes it so much worse it makes it so much worse <laughs> Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a it was a fun book. What's I forgot to look at the price on it. I don't remember. I just looked at it. Uh, it is uh, on their Etsy. It's listed at fifteen dollars, but it's fifteen Australian. So I 
don't know what that means anymore. So I'm logged into my Etsy. <laughs> it automatically translated it to uh, U.S. dollars. It's eleven dollars and sixty four cents. Yeah, here, here's where it's tougher for us as Americans. The shipping is where it's going to hurt. The yeah. shipping is $21.73 on Etsy. So yeah. that one hurts. I'm not logged in yet, so it didn't do the conversions to me. So yeah, the shipping might suck. So if you're one of our listeners in Australia, pick it up locally. <laughs> or yeah. the UK, the shipping's probably not as bad. Americans might want to wait for Comixology. But yes. there's no reason to not go check it out. <laughs> 100% exactly that. But hey, guys, when you've got two people, it makes it real easy to wrap up the news of the week really quickly. That's true. <laughs> Those were our news of the week stories. we got some other stuff to talk about. Don't worry, we're not done yet. But before we go and talk about those things, it's a reminder to you all that the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast is, in fact, part of a network of shows that you can find over at GunnaGeek.com. There's 25-plus different shows on the network that cover a variety of topics. You've got things like our show, all ATGN, that covers... All sorts of nerdy things, because we can't narrow our focus because of our ADD issues that we all collectively have. Then there's other shows, like, say, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., which talks just about the MCU and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's got a more narrow focus. We've got tabletop gaming shows. We've got video gaming shows. We've got all sorts of things, and guys, I can't tell you about all of them during the show, because reading 25 promo reads would be really boring. But what I can do is tell you about one other show on the network and say, hey, Maybe you should check this one out. And this week I want to talk to you about episode 239 of the GunnaGeek.com show entitled Gonna Talk 2018-2019 TV Show Cancellations and Renewals. Why did I bring this up? Slightly self-serving because I'm on that show. But more importantly, there's been a crap load of cancellations and renewals on this episode of the Gunna Geek show. Those are all recapped. Uh, Michelle filled in this week for SP and the crew talked about the latest round of TV show renewals and cancellations. This plus the regular geek news in the official gunnageek.com show. So if there's a show you've been wondering the fate of and it's geeky related, we probably talk about, actually, I think we talked about most cancellations and renewals. There's been a lot of stuff. A lot of I'm stuff. losing Lucifer. I'm sad. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are sad on that one. So go check that out. Gunnageek.com. Yeah, Lucifer's gone, which surprised me. Gotham gets one more season. Legends of, excuse me, Agents of Shield presumably only gets one more season. They haven't confirmed that, but they said shortened season six, airing in the summer. Yeah. That's well, and Agents of Shield, it kind of makes sense because they've been coming to a head, and with the series, the season finale this year, you can see like the show's kind of wrapping up. In the so, show, I mean, it, the show ended before Infinity War did the. It seemed like. Yeah, and so yeah, that that might it'll be a question of yeah, what that does for the next season. They come back and half the cast is gone. <laughs> well, here's the thing: if this doesn't come back until summer, Infinity War Part Two will have already been out. That's true. So, they could be coming. They could be part of the resolution afterwards. Yes. This helps them where they don't have to be like, oh shit, we've got to do like three quarters of a season where potentially half of our cast got. They could they could do an intro where half the cast disappears. They jump forward six months, half the cast reappears, they go, okay, back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do, but they've got 13 episodes. And the way those teams work, that's probably, what, like two pods or two arcs, basically, they can cover on that? Yeah, more than likely. It'll be, yeah, I mean, because they've got the wind down from everything that happened, and then I don't know if they'll have enough time to do another big bad if they only do a half season. But, yeah, it'll have to be setting up the future of S.H.I.E.L.D. going forward as the show ends. Yeah, there'd been a rumor that this wouldn't get picked up and the new Warriors might get picked up since Freeform didn't do it. So 
who knows? Again, it sounds like from what all of the uh, the rag sheets out there are saying is this is a matter of Disney flexed their muscle and said, yeah, you're bringing this back, ABC. Well, yeah, and that, that's one of the things I never understand. It's like, oh, ABC is going to cancel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it's got low numbers. ABC is owned by Disney. Disney could put that show on the air with no commercials, and it wouldn't cost them shit. Well, so there's like- that, and <laughs> the way the TV market has changed, I read an interesting article, I want to say it was on The Hollywood Reporter, is that these studios and these channels can't just consider the costs and the money they make domestically anymore. Now they need to start considering how well these things do streaming, how well they do internationally and things like that. So you're starting to see things where say, let's use CBS as the example. CBS fully owns a show like elementary, arguably miss. So, so it's season six. People didn't expect it to come back. There was like a year delay between seasons. They renewed it. Why? Because they own it outright is my understanding. They own the streaming rights and it does well internationally. So even if we don't care about it that much here, there's a big crowd right. outside the United States that does care for it. So you're starting to see a shift there in the way some of these TV shows are handled. And what I'd read on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is it's got a pretty hearty international audience also and does well when they stream it on Netflix and things like that. So they know the fans are there. It's just there are not a lot of traditional methods of watching that, that are being employed. I think well, it's the yeah. same thing you see with the CW, which is their ratings are garbage, especially for Arrow lately. Uh-huh. Like they were pulling sub 1.0 ratings for a while. Evidently, they do all right in the CW app, and then when they release things on Netflix after the season has ended, th- the model has changed. Yeah, well, and it should because the I, I can't remember what's the stupid rating system that they use since Nielsen. the 40s. Nielsen, the Nielsen rating system makes no damn sense anymore. It's a group of families in a certain number of towns marking down on a calendar what they watched, which has never even really been realistic because people can literally write on it whatever they want. And then it's a percentage and they extrapolate from it and say, okay, from this group of people, we believe this many millions watch the show. So it's never been hard numbers anyways. And when you look at stuff like DVRs and like the CW app, CW can tell you the exact number of people that have gone on CW's website and watched an episode of Supergirl. They can tell you the number of people that have watched an episode of Arrow. Like, they have hard numbers now. And they can like, tell you how deal- much of it they watched. If yeah, somebody they turned it off because they, they got bored, they know. They can tell you they turned it off because the goddamn commercials like to lock up on the CW website, which makes the app annoying as shit. <laughs> it's yeah, not the app itself. That. The shows play great. Their damn commercials tend to lock and not go back to the episode. Then you have to refresh it, and then it locks up again and tries to restart the episode, and you have to refresh it again to get it to do the continue button which is fucking annoying. So I don't watch it on their website, but I do (laughs) use the Roku app and I've never had an issue with the Roku app doing screwy commercial stuff. It'll play the commercials and go back. Maybe it's just on Chrome then. Do you have an ad blocker of any kind that might be on there? You have to disable it for it to work, but... That's probably what's messing it up. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, they have those hard numbers now. And and yeah, especially with a show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where you have a half-Chinese lead, you have Ming-Na Wen as a secondary character... Uh, yeah, that show's going to do great in China, which is a huge fucking market if they're watching our television. So, yeah, ABC's probably putting, you know, putting that show on there, and it's probably doing great. So, yeah, it can't be just yeah, the, the, the fake percentage number of Nielsen people that say they're watching something in the U.S. anymore. That's no way to rank your shows. Like, yeah, have, have you ever been a Nielsen viewer or listener for radio before? I was a Nielsen viewer for TV. Oh, my family got, like, it was one of my last years of like junior high, we got picked to do it for a year. And yeah. And at that time it was literally something where you filled out a card and mailed it in every week. 
and you could literally just fill out 24 hours a day worth of television what channel you had your TV on. There was no way to tell if you actually watched anything. You could fill the card out and send it in the day you got it. Like, right. it didn't matter. So I was a Nielsen <laughs> radio listener probably five, four or five years ago, and what they did is they mailed me something in the mail that said, hey, if you fill this card out for the next two weeks, we'll mail you 10 bucks." when it was all said and done. I was like, well, I'll do it regardless. And it was literally just a calendar that was broken down into our blocks each for the two week period. And you say, okay, from this time to this time, I listen to this radio station from this time to this time I listen to this and it included internet stations too. So when I got to work and stream music there, I was like, okay, I was listening to this channel, which is out of Los Angeles and stuff like that, but it's tedious and there's gotta be better ways to do it. Yeah. And I think at the time we did it, there were 65 channels available for standard cable in my neighborhood and so that was the options on the chart. It was everything could you could possibly watch across 65 channels, 24 hours a day. And literally just, yeah, filled out the card, sent it back. There was no proof I watched any of it. I just picked all the shows I liked. Well, when we did this <laughs> stuff, it was really easy for my fiance to do it because she's like, I don't listen to the radio. So they paid her 10 bucks or whatever to put it in her calendar and nothing because <laughs> she listens to like, <laughs> she used Google Play Music in the car and she just never listened to the radio. I listened to the radio in the morning nice. because there was a morning radio show that I like to listen to going into work. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it just, it makes it with smart TVs, smart DVRs, smart Blu-ray players, you know, freaking all the apps and stuff. There's no reason that all these channels shouldn't be looking at hard numbers now. And then, yeah, like it, the, the ABC thing makes no sense to me. Like if Disney says a show is going to stay on the air, they can literally lose money on every episode. And a show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could run for 30 years. And Disney's not going to be hurting for money. Like it's not going to hurt them. Yeah, but the <laughs> argument could be made it hurts the channel as a whole potentially because you've basically got a one hour block where you can't get advertisers for it and that's fine disney doesn't care as much but that potentially <laughs> impacts the shows around that then when you're like hey you want to advertise on this show oh it's right before agents of shield so people don't tune out or it's right after it so you've got people that weren't watching you have no lead-in draw so i sort of see their argument but at the same time if if daddy disney comes in and says you'll do this yeah. you're gonna do it because disney's well, got this the is the same channel that fucking will buckingham took fables to him they told him no and then they put fucking um what was that crap fantasy show that just ended once upon a time once upon a time the shit knockoff of weak version of fables which was literally just a knockoff of fables. And that then thing lasted what, eight years. Something and it was like that. awful. But here's the thing. That was the lead in for agents of shield. Yeah. But you see, they <laughs> owned it outright. So they didn't have to care about paying someone else for it. It's which is why Siffy canceled dark matter. Their number one rated show. It's why they Fuck also can't. It's why they canceled the expanse supposedly too, is because they didn't own the streaming rights and they didn't own the international yeah. distribution rights. They were just the distributor in North America for it. Yeah, why can't there be one channel that's just happy distributing fantastic shows? Like, what the fuck? Why pick these shows up in the first place if you're going to can them after three seasons because you're a prick? <laughs> well, I'm starting to go towards the uh, Stargate Pioneer method. Yeah, Sailor Poland has a point I was going to bring up too. Uh, DS9 and Babylon 5. Yeah. For those that aren't familiar, both shows came out in the early 90s. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski pitched it to Paramount first in babylon 5 and took them a copy of his bible for lack of a better term that was the five-year arc that outlaid the universe and things like that they held on to it for about a year and then passed on it and then deep space 9 came out and there's a lot of parallels between babylon 5 and deep space 9 i mean here's some of the simple ones by the time season 3 rolls around 
Both stations get a massive warship that helps them go and do more things <laughs> in the Defiant and the White Star. You've got commanders that are in charge of the space station to start, who then turn into captains. There, there's a lot of connections. Didn't they between... both grow the same goatee mustache, too? Nah, Sheridan never had one until the very I end. Thought, but... I thought Sheridan got one as well, because I know um, What's-His-Face did. Yeah, Avery Brooks. Cause yeah, because Avery, Avery Brooks, Brooks looked badass with his. He looked like a badass. They made him grow his hair for the first couple seasons. Like, he wanted to do the look he, from what I'd read, he wanted to do the beard and shaved head. They're like, no, 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 we want you to have hair. So that, yeah, because they yeah, wanted to look like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, there's some really cool, interesting YouTube videos. J. Michael Straczynski's been very open on the fact that he feels like Paramount tried to rip him off when it came to Babylon 5 and Deep Space Nine. From a fan perspective, this sounds terrible. We got to enjoy two series that were both really good. I know that they ripped off B5, but I still really enjoy. Uh, <laughs> That's true, yeah. I mean, you know, when, when you get both the shows. Yeah, see, what sucks, because I, I read the article that they were taking Fables to ABC in talks, and I was like, that would be a fantastic show. And then that one's disappointing because you get a crappy knockoff of, a, of an idea that wasn't as good as Fables, and then we didn't get Fables. Like, Fables would have been such an awesome TV show, and we didn't get it. And so that was a just a double negative. It was like, eh, this one sucks, and we don't get the good one. Damn it. Go back and pitch it to Netflix or Amazon or something now. I bet the world might be a little different there because... They should. If you've been watching Netflix, they've been putting more of an emphasis on trying to do more sci-fi. Altered Carbon, New Lost in Space. Lost in Space got a season two. I haven't watched it yet, but they're doing oh, more and more. Both of those shows were fantastic. Altered Carbon was just a great just a bunch of ideas like I, i'm excited to read those books and yeah the new lost in space is goddamn fantastic and of course parker posey kills it and there's there's nothing i don't enjoy parker posey in and parker posey is the evil doctor in a sci-fi show you can't fucking go wrong with that she's fantastic and yeah and unlike the the redo in like what 2002 or whatever I don't want to kill the real Robinson in this Netflix TV show. And that redo of that movie, I wanted to kill that kid. He was so annoying. And the robot's much cooler in the Netflix. I show. don't understand the people that think the robot is sexy. I, I don't understand. Well, people have things and they and enjoy what you enjoy. Hey, well, I mean, yeah, do, I'm not do consenting sentient beans. Do have whatever fun you want. I'm not judging and be like, if you think the <laughs> robot's sexy, you're screwed up. I'm more like, I just don't get it. I don't Neither understand. do I, but eh, as long as no one's getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. But do they think the old Lost in, Se Lost in Space robot is sexy? If uh, old 50s-style retro-future stuff is your jam, it's probably pretty right. sexy, I guess. I don't know. What, the one that looks like a Michelin man with a aquarium bowl on his head? <laughs> classic right there, though. Just classic. It is very classic. But yeah, the new, the new remake is really good. Yeah, I've and heard I, good I hate saying I hate saying the words that the new remake of anything is really good, but it's really good. <laughs> did you see they did Magnum PI? I saw the commercial. I didn't turn the volume on because I just it started auto playing on something on like Twitter or something, and I just kind of let it roll. And I love the actor, but he doesn't have a mustache, and so like I'm already out. Like it's done. It's it's not Magnum PI. With I don't care. It doesn't have to be Tom Selleck, but how does he not have a mustache? It started like, to auto play for me. I watched the the preview for the Return of Murphy Brown. I don't know why, but I'm like, they're bringing Murphy Brown back. I'm kind of intrigued. And not like a reboot, but a continuation that takes place like 20 years later with the like original 20 years cast. later? Isn't it 40 years ago? I, it, it ended in the 90s, I thought. 
I thought Murphy Brown ended in the 80s. I don't know. We can figure this out. But regardless, Murphy <laughs> Brown is coming back. I'll probably watch part of it because I'm a glutton for stupid stuff wow. that appeals to me. But it auto-played into the uh, the Magnum PI trailer, and I went, no. no. <laughs> and just hit the back button on my Roku remote. And then <laughs> the funny thing was I went on Facebook right after that, and like, there's four posts in a row from friends of mine that are just like, this Magnum PI thing looks like shit. And I was like, you know, it's like they <laughs> subconsciously influenced me without even knowing to be like, nah, fuck this thing. <laughs> well, it doesn't, it doesn't look bad. And the actor that's in it, I, what the hell is his name? God damn it. Well, Jay we- Hernandez. Yeah, Jay Hernandez. He's a great actor. I've seen him in a bunch of movies that I love. He's a really good actor. But he's not Tom Selleck. Like, he, he's, it's, uh, there was so much about Magnum P.I. that was like so 70s with the mustache and the chest hair and it was just, it was awesome. But I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. Like, there's so many reboots now that, I mean, they just keep trying. I guess you can't blame them for that. It's they're CBS, doing man. charmed. Like they're doing charmed again. Yeah, like what the fuck? It's CBS though. Like, like the king of like 70s and 80s cop show reboots. Because now remember yeah. Hawaii Five O is on like season eight or nine now. The yeah, reboot. Very true. The reboot. Well, and at least this one had some Asian actors at least for certain amount of time didn't they lose them after like three seasons because they wouldn't pay them as much as the whitey people yeah they did lose a bunch that that show was problematic (laughs) we're gonna do hawaii 50 but we don't want to hire any asians so uh we'll work around it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean yeah and it's one of those things it's like you know i i I don't want to say you can't do a reboot because yeah i just watched all of lost in space i watched it in a saturday i watched the whole fucking thing in one day it was fantastic it can be done and it can be done well. So I, I can't say no to the entire idea because there are ones that I've enjoyed. Just, yeah, certain ones I think shouldn't be done. Certain ones, if you're going to do them, fucking do them well. I, I've heard nothing but good things about the, the She-Ra Princess of Power advertisement that's on Netflix, so I haven't seen it yet. And I know there's probably a whole bunch of chicks my age that grew up with Shiro, you know, when we were watching He Man and Shiro on Saturday mornings, that are fucking stoked. And now their little girls will get to watch Shiro, which that's awesome because He Man's been redone like three times. So yeah, why not? Well, that's been the problem. One of the He Man's was really good. The one where Prince Adam was actually like a little 80 pound weakling and then turned into big buff He Man. That one I liked because it made more sense. It wasn't just giant He Man in a pink shirt and a page boy haircut. And nobody could tell that he was Prince Adam. Because that was the one thing that bugged me about the original show. It was worse than Clark Kent's glasses. Like, he literally put on a pink shirt, and you couldn't tell he was the world's largest, buffest superhero. It made no fucking sense. Well, it's just like Clark Kent wearing glasses and having no spit girl, and no one can tell he's Superman. Yeah, but that at least that makes some sense. He's acting like it. Like, Prince Adam in the original He-Man, he even still acted like He-Man. He was still just a giant, overpowered douche. He just didn't have a sword. <laughs> So I'm going to defer to Sailor Poland here, who's telling us actually She-Ra's primary audience turned into boys. It got canceled because it wasn't reaching the target audience. Yeah, because yeah, all the all the additional characters they added, and it was because yeah, it was all it was all coming off of He-Man, but it was still a cool show. And I know my little sister loved it. She thought She-Ra was awesome. I think she still only got My Little Ponies for Christmas, but she thought She-Ra was fun, and she would watch it with me. And they crossed it over with He-Man a few times, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it was she was like his cousin or something. Most I ambitious crossover ever yeah. with Infinity War. He managed She-Ra <laughs> did it years ago. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, the you know, remakes can't reboot, remakes, remakes. 
reboots some can be done they can be done well so it, it's not like it shouldn't be done but yeah some of these tv channels could definitely stop doing it as often have an original idea in your season of tv you know just one maybe two <laughs> like damn try something there's actually a, I can't remember the name, the toys that made us or something like that. That's a documentary on Netflix. Yeah, they did an episode on Masters of the Universe, which I believe also talked about the She-Ra tie-in. I cannot remember all of it, but if you're looking for something good to watch, the toys that made us on Netflix, they greenlit season two, and the nice. season one is like GI Joe, Star Wars, He Man, and I can't remember the fourth episode that was season one. Barbie. Barbie, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Star Wars one's just fascinating. I mean, yeah, I've o- I've only watched the Star Wars one so far, but I want to watch the rest of it because yeah, it was a really good documentary. And yeah, the the when they start talking the actual numbers of what George Lucas got from Hasbro when they had to renew the deal, oh my god! Because they actually put like the pie charts up on the screen, like here's the math, and this is why he made billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, the guy the guy was smart for all all the movies that he made. George Lucas made all that toy money. But yeah, Joe Casey, uh, uh, who was an X-Men writer for a long time, he said the same thing. He never bought a house until they came up with Ben 10. Toy money, man. It's yeah. all about toy money. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we've seen the, the trade-off <laughs> of that where shows like uh, the Green Lantern animated series and Young Justice were good, solid shows, told a good story, but the toys didn't sell, so the shows got canceled. Oh, that yeah, that Young Justice one pisses me off. Well, it's coming back at least. We've talked about it. It'll be on the DC Universe yeah. streaming service. Though they still haven't given me enough reasons to get that yet. I already have Netflix and Hulu. I, they're going to have to give me something better. I mean, I like the idea of a Justin Lin Swamp thing, but I'm not paying for another monthly service just to watch it. Yeah, I'm just going to get whenever they do a seven-day free trial. I'm going to binge watch there Young you Justice, and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> binge them all and then turn it off. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like when I got the WWE Network for a week so that I could see Stephen Amell wrestle on a pay-per-view against Stardust. I talk about I did it again this year. I watched actually I watched three pay-per-views. During the one month for free, I was able to watch WrestleMania. Um what was the next one? I can't even remember what the next one was called, and then Backlash. They had three pay-per-views. Oh, it was World's Greatest Royal Rumble. They did the 50-man Royal Rumble for the first time ever. They did a pay-per-view in uh, Saudi Arabia. It was the first wrestling event in Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, they did. Yeah, it was WrestleMania, World's Greatest Royal Rumble with a 50 man rumble, and then Backlash. I got to see three pay per views inside of one month with the free one month of the WWE Network. And honestly, of all the streaming services, WWE Network is so much better than almost all of them. Because, like, if the, the main comparison is the Fight Pass for UFC. UFC Fight Pass, you get everything eventually. All the pay-per-views show up, I think it's like 60 days later. But with the WWE Network, you get all of their old stuff, every company they bought. So you get all the ECW, all the WCW pay-per-views in the past, and you get all the current pay-per-views as they're coming out. Which those are like 60 bucks a piece if you're just buying them on pay-per-view. So yeah, for, was it 12 bucks a month? It is the best deal of all the streaming services. At least, yeah, Vince McMahon might be a crazy motherfucker, but he did that right. The WWE Universe streaming service is a genius idea if you love you some wrestling. Right, and if you if you enjoy streaming sports and stuff, supposedly the Major League Baseball streaming service is very good. The hockey one. In fact, baseball spun off their group that made that, the baseball streaming service. It's like called BamTech now. And they did like the new HBO Now app. They're doing a whole bunch of other apps out there to do streaming services, the apps and the back end. So 
it's changing. Like Firebomb Zero said earlier, it's all headed towards packages again. It's just cable TV with the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because pretty soon, yeah, you're going to have the option of 9 to 12 different streaming services you want to buy. And then when you add them all up, you go, oh, shit, I'm paying $120 a month for all of my streaming services, which is now more than I was paying for cable. Shit. <laughs> Everything's a pendulum. It swings one way. It swings the other way. It swings too far. And then we hope for the middle ground. And then you just use your friend's Hulu password or their HBO Go password and watch what you want. See, we've worked out a system here. I pay for the Netflix. My fiance pays for the Hulu. And Amazon <laughs> Prime we had anyways because I wanted to be able to get stuff real quick. And that's why we have three streaming services. Nice. As I've had my Netflix for like for a long time. I think I started my Netflix account in like 2006. It was like I, I, I used to routinely get uh, three DVDs. Like I literally had one in the mail coming, one in the mail going, and another one I was watching. And then, yeah, I added uh, Hulu when my... Uh, roommates added me to their account when I was living with them and say, I watch their Hulu and then I watch my Netflix. That's more than enough to keep me busy. Yeah. Plus these giant stack of movies I'm rewatching. And the ones you're using your movie pass to go see in the theaters and things like that. And now my movie pass. Yep. So before we wrap (laughs) things up, we did say we'd talk about Deadpool two a little bit. We already started talking about it in the chat room a little bit as well. (laughs) Specifically uh, the, Green Lantern reference got brought up in there. I don't know if you'd seen it. Did you see that Warner Brothers responded to the Green Lantern reference? Oh, no, I didn't. I I can't find the story. I think it was off comicbook.com or something like that. They basically tweeted to Ryan Reynolds with a picture of Tomar Ray with his hand out saying, yeah, we're going to need that ring back now. (laughs) Joking with him. He responded back to them something to the effect of, well, if it had been a Nuva ring, we never would have had this problem. (laughs) Wow. Oh, he's so funny. Between Ryan Reynolds and the 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 people who do the ad campaigns for Deadpool, like it's so genius. They did so much cool stuff again this time around, and once again, like it all pays off because the movie was goddamn hilarious. Did you see I what enjoyed... they, did you see the tie-in they did at Walmart with all the Blu-rays there? Yeah, see, I refused to go to Walmart to tell people to go to Walmart, but I saw pictures of it, and it's awesome that they released like what was it like fifteen or twenty different versions of Deadpool with all different movie covers. Yes, like they did like the good, the bad, the ugly, and did a Deadpool movie cover for it. They did X Men Apocalypse with uh, Deadpool wearing the apocalypse headdress on it. There's a shelf of movies I had to go because I needed to buy something there that has (laughs) just all these classic movies where they redid the covers with Deadpool on them. It's hilarious. And you know, it's kind of smart marketing because there's probably a bunch of people like, Oh shit, I'm buying this movie now. Cause Deadpool's on it. Yeah. Yeah. The marketing campaign. Yeah. It, it was as good with the first one as it is the second one. Like it's, they're just, they're genius. Cause they don't, they seem to be smarter to go. It's Deadpool. It breaks the fourth wall. There should be no limitations. Anything we can think of. If it's funny, let's do it. And that seems to be what they did last time. I mean, I'd still love the fact that they had a movie billboard in L.A. that was just like Ryan Reynolds and uh, Marina Bakarin like looking at each other in like fall leaves. And it looked like a rom-com. And I hope people went to go see it because it was a rom-com on the first one. And like there was nothing that told you it was a violent Deadpool movie. Like it's so awesome. Well, and it came out Valentine's weekend, Deadpool one. Yeah. Uh, Sailor Paul and I agree the David Beckham commercial is one of the best oh, that they did for that was it. So good. Mouth sex to ball full of helium. If, if you haven't seen it yet, pay attention during <laughs> the title credits to open it. It's hilarious. Again, just like the credits last time, yeah. they don't take themselves seriously whatsoever. Like, they don't name the actors. They don't name the director or anything like that. The director, like, that guy that directed that John Wick movie or something like that. It's hilarious. 
Yeah, I need to see it again soon because I missed half of them because I was I'd be laughing at one so hard I had tears in my eyes and I would miss the next two, which was the same with like half the jokes in this movie. I can't wait to see it again. And yeah, it was fun too because like I was laughing at everything. My buddy sitting next to me knows maybe half of what I know about comics. He was laughing at almost everything, and his wife knows a little about comics. She's basically just started getting into them, really. But she was laughing at almost everything too, except a couple of, like the really in jokes. So like it, it's a movie that hits everybody. Like yeah. it's it was so good. It was accessible. So why I wanted to bring that up is week one. We're probably not going to talk spoilers. We sort of spoiled one of the post credit scenes a little bit. So sorry in advance. But I was talking to Michelle Ely, who's been on the show before, my co-host on the Starling Tribune. And she texted me yesterday about 5.45 after she'd seen Deadpool. And she goes, I saw Deadpool. You're right, it was fun. But I didn't really care about Deadpool. I liked everyone else but him. What about you? And I started thinking back and I went, you know what? Deadpool just worked as the connective glue for all these other guys. A lot of the time there, I was more excited mm-hmm. to see what Domino was going to do. Maybe it's because it was fresh and new compared to stuff. It's not that the Deadpool character is bad or Reynolds didn't do a good job. It's just I'd already seen his brand of wackiness. This was. I was going to say she had the same problem with, as a as a Black Panther in Black Panther. He was the least interesting character. Yeah, and that's not to say that. Uh, let's not say that Ryan Reynolds was bad as Wade Wilson. It's just. We'd seen it before. It wasn't new. Like Josh Brolin's Cable, I really enjoyed. Zazie Beetz as Domino, oh. I really enjoyed. And the way they depicted her powers on screen was awesome. Yeah. It's not cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a power. Yes, it is. It's not a power. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, she. Oh, she was good. And then yeah, uh, I, and yeah, the the special guests that there's. You know, one scene and one huge character. Like there was so so many cool little add-ons and little things that, especially for comic geeks, is really fantastic. But also just played great with the main audience. Like it's it was so well done. Yeah, I, I laughed my ass off. I can't wait to see it again. It, it'll be another great one to own. I couldn't get, believe they got away with some of the stuff. Sailor Poland in the chat room brought one up the chill out Thanos line. Oh. I, I kind of was surprised they got oh. away with being able to do that. <laughs> Well, and the one they used in the trailer, so dark. Are you sure you're not part of the DC universe? Like straight out calling out the other company's movies. Like, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just funny. <laughs> but it works for Deadpool. I mean, that's the thing. It uh, was a funny movie. It told a story that was interesting to an extent. Cable was interesting to me. I liked the way Josh Brolin did him. That being said, Josh Brolin's a fantastic actor, so I think I was going to like that regardless. But the CGI on his arm looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, pump the hate breaks, Boston friends. <laughs> that, that might have been my favorite line in the whole movie. Yeah, the whole uh, cables a racist thing was fucking hilarious. It's yeah, it's a really um, fun movie, and it doesn't. So I understand why some people say they like it more than Infinity War because yeah, yeah. it's a different type of movie, and I don't think it has to be as beholden to everything that came before it as Infinity War does with eighteen movies, seventeen movies before it. Yeah, Infinity War is a giant buildup. And let's be honest, you're not supposed to enjoy Infinity War. By the end of it, you're not supposed to be happy. It's literally the first half of a two-part movie that tells one giant six-hour story with whatever the next Avengers 4 is going to be called. But yeah, I mean, it's it, the entire the entire Infinity War movie is designed to not make you happy. Like, it's supposed to make you leave the theater sad. It's it's the Empire Strikes Back for the Marvel generation. Like, it's going to make people cry. Like, that was the point. Deadpool is there to make you laugh your ass off for two hours. So, yeah, it has a totally different, like, their entire goal was different. 
Yeah, like I was saying, I really enjoyed it. I think the action beats were well done and arguably better than Deadpool 1, and that's what you're going to have when you have a director from the John Wick movies coming in to direct Deadpool 2. I think the action was tighter, the shots were a little cooler, and the transitions cooler. Not to say that they were bad in the first one, because they weren't. But this felt more John Wick-like, and I love the John Wick movies, so I'm automatically a sucker for it. Yeah, the fight choreography in the first one was great, and yeah, if anything, this one, it was better. And which yeah, that's just that's just amazing. And yeah, the Domino versus Cable, that fight in the like the hallway of the prison transport was goddamn impressive. They made that fight look good. Yeah, Deadpool's really good. If you haven't had a chance to see it, go see it. If you liked the first one, you're gonna like the second one. If you love the first one, you're gonna love the second one. There's nothing here that made me leave being like, oh, this wasn't any good. I walked out and said, this was fun. The post-credit scenes were some of the funniest ones we've had in ages. Better than the post-credit scenes from Deadpool One because there's yeah. more to it. Deadpool One was just a gag to set up Cable. This was actually making a difference to the world that they had just established. So I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what it's going to do for the inevitable third Deadpool movie when it comes out. My hope is, don't screw up the formula, guys. You found what works with this crazy, outlandish. Let Ryan Reynolds be. Ryan Reynolds, because he's basically Deadpool. Keep the fun going on this. Don't try and make it be holding everything else and tie in a bunch of things. If you're going to tie it in, do it like you did in Deadpool 2. There's an Easter egg at the Xavier Mansion. It ties things in. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, and it's such a good one, too. It's such a good one. But it doesn't make them beholden to having to reference things that happen in X-Men movies and things like that. They exist on the periphery of it. And you can get away with it, because that's the way Deadpool is. He exists on the periphery of everything and just wanders around like a moron and gets involved into it. (laughs) You think the studio could get us at least a couple of (laughs) X-Men? The fact that he's calling out the studio in the film. Like, God damn, he's funny. A little credit to Fox for not trying to put any mandates in there. But you have to tie into these things. They they did it right. Yeah. God forbid I admit that Fox did something right with the superhero franchise. Yeah. it's that So far, they've done nothing wrong with Deadpool other than what they tried to do to him in Wolverine Origins. Which, yeah, that comes up. It, it's two movies of them trying to make up for that, which, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, it, it's fun. Just go see it. You're going to enjoy it. I promise. I promise. If you don't feel like you got your money's worth out of it, well, A, you're wrong, but B, feel free to tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, and um, on a box office mojo, it's looking at an estimated $50 million Friday, so probably 133 plus for the opening weekend and taking back the R-rated biggest uh, film opening ever. And so, it beat from it. And it takes over the top spot from Infinity War for this week, too. Yeah, which, and uh, guys, I, you know, like we always say, we don't try to talk shit about DC, but sometimes it's just real easy. There are three Marvel-based comic films in theaters right now, and they're all great. You can still go to any theater. You can literally watch Black Panther and then watch Infinity War, and when you're crying, go see Deadpool so you'll feel better and make it you know, a seven-hour Marvel day, and it will be fucking awesome. Yeah, just sneak through the bathroom to the other side of the theater. You don't have to buy one ticket. (laughs) Yeah, you can you can literally go watch seven hours of Marvel films in the theater right now, and they're all fantastic. Like it's they've done such a good job with their IPs. Agreed, it's been really good, and we're not trying to talk shit to DC. We do sometimes because it's easy, but I really do think the Aquaman movie, even though they have not promoted it a lick yet, 
could be interesting because I like Momoa's Aquaman. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering what they're waiting for. Like, why are we not seeing trailers for Aquaman yet? I think they're waiting for after Deadpool. After Deadpool? I don't know that they're really scared by Ant-Man and the Wasp, so I bet you start to see some advertisements around there. And you very well could possibly see the teaser trailer for Aquaman attached to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, which would make sense. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, it's the one thing that everybody's been consistent on is we all love Jason Momoa. And his Aquaman was a badass. Like, he was one of the good things about Justice League. It was weird that he was a little more comedic relief than I thought he was going to be, but still, it's Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is awesome. Like, he's just awesome. Like, <laughs> let's see, was Stanley in this Deadpool? Evidently, there was not an actual. Um, Screen Rant has an article. Blah, blah, blah. Stanley is more in line with those of the Marvel shows and Netflix than his show stopping MCU appearances. Instead, just his famous face appears as Stan the Man himself. It isn't a photograph or a poster, but a graffiti portrait painted on the side of a building. It can be seen just as Domino comes in for her parachute landing. Okay. So hey, Stan was not in it. I just resaw Infinity War last night, so I'm just picturing him as the bus driver for Peter's field trip, and I can't think of anything else right now. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's it is sad. Pretty soon we're gonna start getting movies that don't have Stan cameos because Stan's not around, and it makes me very sad. Stan's what ninety five? Uh, ninety seven, I think. Yeah, he did learn how to tweet yeah. though this week. If you guys noticed, he said this is the first tweet I've actually sent of my own, and I was like, yeah, That's which great. yeah, I've been loving it. Yeah, because there it it seems it you can it it feels like an old person tweeting for the first time, which I'm totally fine with because if Stanley is actually like using twitter for the first time i love that like that is fucking great because it he should be communicating directly with his fans i 100 percent agree with you but looking at the time now we've rambled about infinity war deadpool we've filled you in on the news of the week it is time for us to start wrapping things up and how do we wrap things up on this show well it's a little bit bleh excuse me, with a little bit called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and nerdy things we've been getting into so that maybe you'll want to go and check them out yourself. Wow, there's some hate in the chat room right now. Wow, ban that person. Ban them quick. Wow, someone's saying they hope Stan Lee dies. Why would you ever say it? Don't invite bad karma on yourself with something like that. No. Because you, you don't deserve to talk if you're going to say things like that. All right. So what have I been getting into this week? Uh, Black Panther came on Blu-ray for me this week. And then, like I said, I bought Deadpool <laughs> 1 because I wanted the Dolby Atmos track. Uh, went and saw Deadpool 2 on Friday. And then, guys, remember, Toys R Us is closing. It's kind of a sad thing. But at the same time, god damn it, there aren't some chances for some really good bargains on things. I mean, Yeah, you did. I, I see it. Yeah, you can see, see it over it. my shoulder. I was, I was building yeah, up to did. it. So, guys, <laughs> most things at Toys R Us are 40% off or more right now. And 40% off is pretty good savings. And what's really interesting is they're still getting shit out of warehouses. So, when I was at Toys R Us on Friday after work, I was browsing, seeing if there was anything I wanted. And there was something there that I hadn't seen last time I was there, which was two weeks before that, for 100 bucks, and then the 40% off. I went, you know, maybe I should consider that. And guys, I've talked about it on this show before. I'm a Power Rangers fan. I grew up in the early 90s. I'm an 80s kid who grew up in the 90s, watched Power Rangers. So what did I find? Well, I'm going to reach behind me. So I might go off mic a little bit. All right. He's reaching behind him for those that aren't watching live. And he's grabbing a helmet from his bookcase. Yeah, that's right. And- I have the uh, 
one one replica Green Ranger helmet now. He's got Jason David Frank's head. You know, if JDF comes to a con up this way, I'm going to get him to sign it. But yeah, it's the uh, scale one to one Green Ranger helmet replica that I could actually wear if I wanted, but I don't want to wear it. Because okay, so it's it's a real helmet you can put your head in. Yeah, like you can open it. There's latches on the side. You can undo the latches and open the back and put it over your head. Okay, so then my question is: Does your giant head fit in it? Uh, very barely. I actually tried putting it on. I did try putting it on, and it was a tight fit. And the problem is, as you breathe, the visor fogs up, so it's very hard to see. Yeah, the, yeah, that that's that's probably one of the most you know impressive things about those guys that do those shows, as all the martial arts they're doing, where they probably can't see very well. And give it credit, <laughs> the uh, dragon eyes here, you can see through those too. So it lets a little light in at the top of the helmet. But it <laughs> they're did, actually slightly functional. Yeah, they're slightly functional. Did come with a nice little case. They'd already made a Red Ranger one that I'd seen before. I don't care as much about that. They had the Red Movie Power Ranger one there. I didn't care about that. But this was the only time I've seen the Green Ranger one. The box was a little dinged up. But I said, you know what? For 60 bucks, I'll buy the dinged up box. This is the only one I'd seen. They're sold out online. I saw them going on eBay for about 150 to 160 I went, I'll take it for 60 I'll put it downstairs so it's in the podcast studio. Nice. So, yeah, I have a Green Ranger helmet now, guys. I'm not actually the Green Ranger but I have a helmet. <laughs> and it, it is all about the dinged up box. That was a, I've looked for the infamous two collector's edition for a long time. And it's literally just a game and a statue, a comic book and a bag. And I've seen so many of them online going for two fifty, three hundred 300 bucks. I found someone that was selling one because the box was dinged up. And then the photos on eBay, like the box was beat to shit. And so it wouldn't be like something you could keep in the box as a collector's item, but I wanted to play the game. Like I want to open it. I want to put the statue on a on a you know on a counter. Like I want to have the stuff out. And so yeah, I got it. And I was worried. Like it looks so beat up. I wonder if everything's actually in it. And everything was in it, as the guy said. He it was perfectly as described. The box just got dropped and beat to shit. And so yeah, it was way cheaper than all the ones I'd ever seen on eBay. So I was really happy. <laughs> It's only a corner of the box that's really messed up, and it's on the back. And if I had any intent of wanting to resell it, it would knock the value down some. But <laughs> I really don't intend on reselling it. I just think it looks cool, and it's a nice addition to the podcast studio. So I have it over my <laughs> shoulder. Is this my left shoulder with my Mass Effect Omni Blade also back there? Yeah, guys, I have too much geek swag. You're you're slowly building your Amalgaman suit. Yeah, <laughs> Omni Blade, Green Ranger helmet. I need you like uh like uh the blue jumpsuit from Fallout and then Man, somebody else's boots. I, I still kick myself <laughs> for like three years ago being at Toys R Us and they had uh the Dragon Dagger reissue, but the box was all effed up and I didn't buy it. And now I saw how much those have oh. gone for now and I'm like, I should have just bought it and said the hell with the box being beat to hell. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, sometimes like if you want the box to look pretty, then sometimes it sucks if it's beat up. But yeah, it's like well, it's, it's about what's inside the box. But you know, I'm never. It's only gonna be in the box when I have to transport it somewhere. Like I said, this is gonna sit behind me here go. while I podcast. And in all honesty, I will probably only boxed up if I move or if JDF is coming to a con close by, just so <laughs> I can put it in a box to then get Jason David Frank to sign it somewhere. Because nice. why not get the Green Ranger to sign his own damn helmet? Hell yeah. But and then he does he does like every con, so he really there's a does. chance you'll see him. Dude is all over. But that's what I've been getting into. Anthony, what do you mean getting into? Um, I've been getting into a bunch of fantasy leagues. I'm uh expanded my league in the fantasy comic book league because I got Parker this month, so free comic book day, a bunch of appearances in the hunt for Wolverine, and all of his comics have 
put Parker in a whole lot of comics, so I'm doing really good over there. And then um, in the Fantasy Movie League, apparently Willie got screwed because he didn't lock in his screen, so his choices got mixed up. So he ended up in six so far this weekend and is 60 million behind me, where I'm finally in first place again for the weekend with two screens of Deadpool. And then the book club was the one that I chose that nobody else did. That's looking at 13 million for the weekend and the $2 million bump for the bonus or 12.5 million. So yeah, that I might, I might win another weekend. So I might get my third win, which still I'm only going to be in like fourth. So I'm not doing great for the season, but another, another weekend win would be nice. And then um, I've been uh, doing my um, went to my movie pass. Yeah, I saw Rampage. I saw A Quiet Place. Both of those are fantastic. I can't wait to keep, keep watching more movies with it. And then I started a uh, Marvel Cinematic chronological rewatch. So with Black Panther in the theater, with Infinity War, and well, Deadpool doesn't count. But with all these badass movies, I thought it would be fun. There was a bunch of quizzes online about ranking your uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe films. And, you know, a whole bunch of people in the Fantasy Comic Book League arguing back and forth about which ones are their favorites, which is always fun because it's, you know, good good natured arguing. And I've been rewatching them, and I'm now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight films in, and I have re-ranked them as I've been going. And so right now, as it stands, I have Iron Man, Avengers, Captain America, the first Avenger, Iron Man 3, Hulk. What's that one? Thor the Dark World, then Thor, then Iron Man 2. Well, That's my current ranking. Willie's not here to say it, so I'll say it for him. Thor the Dark World's way too high. <laughs> yeah, he would say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I rewatched it, and like, I never hated it anyways, but honestly, after the rewatch, Thor the Dark World is... I, I enjoyed that so much more than Iron Man 2. I forgot how, how bad some of the stuff in Iron Man 2 is and how good some of the stuff in Iron Man 3 is. I just yeah, Shane Black makes movies fun for me. So yeah, it's 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 gonna be fun to see going forward where uh, where I rank the rest of them. Because yeah, now I've got I got my Black Panther, which I had to stop my rewatch and watch Black Panther again the other night before going forward, just because that that's such a good flick. And goddamn, if Michael B. Jordan isn't the baddest motherfucker ever as Killmonger, I love that villain. But yeah, it, it'll be fun to, to finish this up. Yeah, I'm about halfway through, so doing my rewatch and then yeah i was gonna ask if we've got anybody that knows anything more about tech because i i am not that tech savvy i've had a nexus 7 for about like seven or eight years and i love this damn thing and i've checked online and none of the information i can find online helps i can't turn this on anymore i was literally somewhere watching something on netflix it was working completely fine had my headphones in it was running I needed to go do something, so I hit the power button to turn the screen off, wrap my headphones around it, put it in my pocket, went and sat down. Like, I didn't drop it. It didn't get kicked. Nothing. Went somewhere else, pulled it out of my pocket, went to turn it on, and literally, I can't turn it on. I can't do, like, online, it has, you know, hold volume down on the power button until the screen resets. Nothing works. And so, yeah, if anybody knows anything about these damn things and can give me some help, I need help because this is I watch I watch Supernatural on this when I donate plasma and without it I don't have a, a screen to watch other than my phone. Big first world problems. Big first world <laughs> problems. The only thing I can think of that was close to that with me is my old Samsung Galaxy S six phone got super hot and basically just never turned on again after it had like a mini meltdown. I see. I mean, I guess it could be something like that, but literally, when I when I had nothing on it but Netflix running, it seems strange because I've never had any problems with it before. And I mean, yeah, it's an old piece of tech, but like it's been running perfectly fine. So, 
I just, I don't know. Does it light up or anything when you plug it in? No, it do- literally does nothing now. I brought it home and I thought maybe, you know, the battery like just wigged out or something. And so, yeah, I plugged it in and like it doesn't light up. It doesn't give you the battery charging signal. Nothing. That's a bad so sign. I, yeah, I unplugged it and nothing. And yeah, I've tried every combination I've seen online of hold the power button and volume down until the thing turns on. Hold the power button and then volume up until the thing does whatever. Hold both volume buttons and the power button. And it only has those three buttons. So like, you only have so many options. And I've held them in every combination that's possible for over 30 seconds and nothing. So it seems like it just died. But it, it makes no sense. That it, like, I didn't drop it. It didn't get kicked. Like, I literally, like, set it in a in a plastic chair. Like, it wasn't near a, a electromagnet or anything. Like, I, it, I did nothing to it. Like, at least if I had dropped it, I could understand. It just died. Like, that happens. You beat up electronics. But yeah, I've, I've dropped this thing like 10 times and it's never had a problem. The screen's got a little crack on it. Like, it's a tough fucker. And yeah, and then it's been over a year since I dropped it. So it couldn't have been that. I don't know. So if you guys have any suggestions for him, tweet him on Twitter at Anthony Bachman or tweet to at ATG and podcast. You can get it that way for your advice. I got nothing, man. I'm all out of ideas. Well, damn it. But yeah, hopefully someone can figure out something. Because yeah, it's just... You know, I, I wouldn't mind getting myself like a new iPad Pro, but I don't have $700 in my pocket right now, so I don't really want to replace this tablet. Well, the <laughs> the entry-level iPad now works with their pencil and stuff, too, and it's 229 or No, I can't remember. They made the entry-level iPad fairly cheap now. I don't know what Has the it? other 7-inch tablets are. iPad minis are being discontinued, so you might find them on Markdown. Who knows? I'll have to find. Maybe that'll be my Christmas present to myself this year new tablet yeah it's something to look into at least at the very least though you can download supernaturals to your phone since they're downloadable and watch it without having to use data which is nice and also i do love the fact that the biolife plasma that i go to they have wi-fi oh problem solved then yeah so i I literally yeah i pulled my tablet out it wouldn't work wouldn't turn on like what the hell so i pulled out my phone and was sitting there watching supernatural on my phone it's just yeah, you know, third world problems. You know, it's not not like a huge deal, but it's you know, it's it's a lot nicer to watch it on a bigger screen. That is true. But that being <laughs> said, I think we've shared with you guys all the stuff we're getting into. So it's time for us to start wrapping up this show. As we wrap things up, just a friendly reminder: we are part of the Gunna Geek Network. You can network. Excuse me. You can find more by heading over to gunnageek.com. Click on the network button. Find all the other shows that are there. Plus, feel free to apply to join the network as well. We're always looking for new shows. Don't forget, we stream live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over on Geeks.Live, which is the streaming home of the Gunna Geek Network. You can find us there and a variety of other shows that stream live on Sunday. I think there's three more shows that will be streaming live today on Geeks.Live. The next is 20 minutes from now. So, hey, we got content for you guys. But other than that, I think that is going to wrap us up for this week. Anthony, you got any final thoughts as we wrap this thing up? Go see Marvel movies in the theater. Have fun. That's fair. I think on that note, we are going to be getting out of here then. Thank you so much for everyone who did join us. We'll see you all next week. It will be a more full house as we expect Willie to be back with a working voice yet again. Just hopefully not as Reverend Willie because that would be sad. (laughs) Very, very sad. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. 
If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.